church is celebrating Pentecost on today. <clears throat> and most are preaching the Acts text this morning, but God wanted me to focus this morning on one of the functions of the Holy Spirit, and one of those is deliverance. Deliverance. When deliverance comes, our lives change. Mark chapter 5, verse 1 through 20. And I'm going to be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, a long, lengthy story, but we need to hear the entire story. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes, and when he had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one could restrain him anymore, even with a chain. For he had often been restrained with shackles and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart, and the shackles he broke in pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he has said to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Yes. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there on the hillside, a great herd of swine was feeding and the unclean spirits begged him, send us into the swine, let us enter them. So he gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine and the herd numbering about 2,000 rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. The swine herds ran off and told in the city and in the country. Then people came to see what it was that had happened and they came to Jesus and saw the demoniac sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had the legion, they were afraid. Those who had seen what had happened to the demoniac and to the swine reported, reported it. Then they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood. And as he was getting on the boat, the man who had been possessed by the demons begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus refused and said to him, Go to your home, go home to your friends, and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy he has shown you. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. This ends the reading. When deliverance comes. When deliverance comes. Before Jesus touches down um, in the region of the Gerasenes, he had come across what he said to the other side. And on the way over, he rebuked a storm that almost overtook the boat that they were in. But in the region of the Gerasenes, we need to understand was Gentile territory. It was Gentile territory. His first exorcism in Mark chapter 1 was in the synagogue. A man approached him in a synagogue with an unclean spirit. But here we find Jesus taking deliverance 
and freedom to the Gentiles. And what I want you to know is based on that first point where he cast out an unclean spirit in the synagogue and then now he is in the region of the Gentiles, it lets us know that deliverance can take place in and outside of our sacred places, in and outside of our holy places. If we look at verse three through five, I'll read them again as it describes this man. It says that he lived among the tombs and no one could restrain him anymore even with a chain. Verse five, night and day among the tombs and on the mountains he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. The first thing to point out about how this unclean spirit impacts this man, this man was alive, breathing, inhaling, and exhaling. But yet he chose to dwell in dead places. He was alive, but chose to dwell in dead places. Mark is taking a moment to show us how the spirit, spirits that were in this man influenced him. His behavior became um, not what were usual for, usual for this man or any human being to want to dwell in dead places. Often when we talk about the influences of demons or spirits, we begin to look at other people. <laughs> we begin to point to the behaviors we see in other people, but when we do that, we forget, we, we miss this opportunity for the mirror to show us ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, we start looking at other people and we go to the extreme. But I want to ask you this this morning. Are there dead places in your life where you prefer to dwell? Are there dead things? Are there dead churches? Are there dead careers? Are there dead relationships that you find yourself dwelling in? That they have no sign of life. No possibility of being resuscitated or resurrected, but yet you cling to them that you are okay in, in dwelling in dead places. Well, let me tell you about dead places. They drain the very little life that you have from you. Dead things do not rejuvenate you. They do not inhale and exhale. They do not bring you life. They drain and they offer you no substance or power. No one in harmony with the Holy Spirit of God prefers to dwell in dead things. Night and day, good and bad weather, he took up residence. He took up residence in the tombs. Second thing, in this text, Jesus is showing us how, the text shows us how an unclean spirit impacts us and makes us behave. It says that he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. And no one could restrain him even with a chain. Why were they restraining him? Because he was trying to bruise himself with a stone. So under the influence of these entities, these many entities that were in this man, he was making choices that was to his detriment that were not healthy for his life and not healthy for his well-being. When entities take up space, they cause erratic behavior that seem illogical to the average person. To someone without a spiritual eye, a spiritual discernment, we just think people are behaving erratically 
and un we'll call them unstable, but when you step back and ask God to give you a spiritual eye, you can notice certain things happening with the person. And so what I want to say is that nobody in their right mind wants to harm themselves. And this is just not about cutting and stones. I want to talk about is that um, if you think about and bring it down to our everyday lives, this is about are we choosing relationships that are damaging to us? All right. Or do we have dependencies on substances that damage our bodies and our minds? Hmm. Behaviors that lead destruction, not just for you, but for everybody in your path. Under the influence of unclean spirits, you will be like a tornado. In every place that you go, you leave destruction, wow. not just for you, but for everybody else. Oh. And you'll find people stepping back and pulling away from you because of your behavior. Wow. But let me say this, that Psalms sit in our sacred spaces every Sunday. Psalms flood out mega churches every Sunday after Sunday under the influence of unclean spirits and they they stay bound for long lengths of time because nobody ever told them that deliverance can come that deliverance was available to them and the third thing i want to point out which i believe is that the church of jesus christ really needs to hear those who are under the influence of an unclean spirit a spirit of darkness this is how you can spot it. They have a strong aversion or contempt against God and Jesus Christ and anything that Jesus Christ established. And so when they are under, under that influence, their behavior makes them do things that are at odds against those, not only Jesus Christ, but those that represent God and the church of Jesus Christ. And so it is important for us as we grow that we have spiritual discernment to understand that people can come into our churches and lift their hands and be under the influence. How do I know? The first exorcism in Mark chapter 1, Jesus was in the synagogue teaching when a man with an unclean spirit was there while he was teaching and approached him. And often what happens is they do not approach the pastor. They do not approach the leader. They approach the ones that have access to the pastor. And they want your ear. They want, they want to build a team when we are, are supposed to all be on the same team, and that is the team of Jesus Christ. Why do I make this point? Many times when we read the scriptures and we can go to the extreme, this is, is an extreme. This man is filled with many demons, so much so that 2,000 pigs go and jump into the sea. He is filled with a demon that is about destruction yes. and about death, yes. right? And sometimes we look at this and we are quick in the church to try to lock people who are dealing with a moment or dealing with um, mental illness into the group with people who are demon-possessed. These are two different sets of people. And so often we begin to try to demonize people who are dealing with actual mental health conditions that actually need the diagnosis and the assistance of a doctor, right? And so what I want to say is how you can spot an unclean spirit is that they have an aversion to the things of God. 
And they're not going to come flat out and just be like this man because this man was bold because he had so many in him. But when it comes to things about God, when it comes to the church, when it comes to Jesus, listen to the behavior that is being displayed, right? And so mental illness and spirit, spirit possession are two different things. And I want us as the church to note this, to note this so that we don't demonize people who actually need help. Because at any moment, if you go through the right trauma, I don't care how strong you think your mind is. Anybody ever been through a divorce? Anybody ever been through a bad breakup? Anybody ever just been in a car accident? At any moment, we should be careful that we can find ourselves um, in places and in spaces where we need somebody to be compassionate with us. And so I want to make sure as the Church of Jesus Christ that we separate these two. All right, there are some things that require more than prayer. If you had your leg broken, I would take you to the hospital, right? We're going to pray for you, but we're going to the hospital, right? Okay, and so I don't want us to conflate these two, but I want us to notice that unclean spirits have an aversion to Jesus Christ, an aversion to the church, an aversion to God and things of God. So... The third thing I want you to see in the text in verse 6, if you've got it, I just want you to read it. It says, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him, and he shouted to the top of his voice, what do you have to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high? I adjure you, by God, do not torment me. First thing I want you to see, people with unclean spirits, Jesus didn't walk up to this man and say, my name is Jesus. <laughs> exactly. So we have every sometimes we see people because they have you know we, they say they have a word of knowledge yeah. they know stuff about us. Well, you need to ask who gave you the information? How did you access the information? What were you were you on a uh, one of them boards? What were you doing to access this information about me? Right? Okay. So we know all in the Book of Acts people were uh, coming and they knew who uh, Peter was when he showed up. They would try to torment the disciples to distract them. Okay? And so this man, Jesus, I mean, it's like if you read the text, Jesus stepped off the boat. This man read. <laughs> what do you have to do with me? And Jesus, what he does, he doesn't begin to deal with the man, right? He begins to deal with the entity inside of the man, right? He, began, he said, what is your name? Because name at the point, if he was going to cast somebody out, what's your name? The man is bold enough. Legion, because we are many. We are many. And so Jesus deals with the demon and the entity in the person and not the person. Sometimes in the church, and I'm guilty, we see behaviors that we just ain't got time for. I can, I can peep it out. Well, I already know what that is, and until you can come in an alignment, I don't, I'm not about to talk to you. I'm not about to get on the phone with you. I'm not about to go anywhere in, in, in the vicinity. Right? Uh, but some people simply need deliverance. Simply need deliverance. But sometimes people have to be ready for deliverance. Okay? And so this man, the demon in this man was so bold. Demons in this man were so bold that they started negotiating with Jesus. Well, if you're going to cast me out, you see that herd of swine over there? Send me into the swine. He is negotiating with the Son of God because he knows that Jesus has the ability to cast him out. 
But for some reason, this spirit wanted to remain in the region. And so as we think about deliverance and we think about deliverance services and we think about, um, you know, what is to come, those of us that are in this space have to be living a certain life and be in God in a certain way because if we cast something out of here and it jumps on the worship leader, we have done ourselves a disservice. <laughs> oh, it jumps on. I mean, I'm just telling you now, this, this, these demons jumped into this herd of pigs. Herd 2,000 of them, the Bible says. So that lets you know the impact that it has. Right? But there was a re re reason that this demon, these demons wanted to stay in that region. And they were in Gentile territory. There are demons who are assigned to a region. Yeah. And so when new churches pop up, they go through hell and high water. Hmm. Because new churches do what? Deliver and free people. You can get free quicker in a smaller space. Help me somebody. Hmm. Than in a space where somebody can't look at you and point out what's going on with you. There are some of us, I don't care how you come in here and smile, I can see right through it. But it's okay, I'm just waiting on you to be ready for deliverance. So, why is it important that I point out that Jesus deals with the demon and not the man? Many of us, we find ourselves trying to reason with people when we see their behavior is out of order or detrimental to themselves and to us. And we, don't, we shouldn't reason with them. And instead of arguing, instead of getting frustrated, instead of dropping down to their level, we should pray and seek counsel. Because when we drop and begin to identify with that confusion, think about it. That's how the enemy lures us. That's how, you know, we say, well, I'm going to get her told, she got me told. I'm going to get him straight because he got me straight. But we drop down at that point. And guess what happens when you drop? You are more easily infiltrated. You're more easily, more likely to entertain a demon when you go down with them. Hmm. Align, do not align yourself with confusion, but align yourself with the spirit of God. The goal of the enemy is to make you talk their language. The goal of the enemy is to bring you out of character the goal of the enemy is to make you go so far out of alignment that you are easily subdued and infiltrated. You can't help anybody who is under the influence if you drop to the level that they are on. All right. Now, notice now this man, as the story goes on, this man who could not be bound by chains is now sitting in his right mind. That's how Mark describes it. He's sitting in his right mind. And what happens? The people find out about this. They're afraid and they ask Jesus to leave their region. To leave their name. Wherever boat you came across on, we're going to need you to get back on that boat and take that deliverance back over across the waters. They cared more about their livestock than they cared about the deliverance of this man. They cared more about their material profits because that's what it represented, money for them. They care more about their material profits than they did about the deliverance of this man. And they would have chosen that he would just have stayed living among the dead. Out of our way. Cutting himself. 
than to lose their pigs and their livestock. There are some people who have more to gain by you staying back. There are some people who have more to gain by you staying bound and in a stronghold. There are those specifically right now in, in some of our lives, their goal, not them, the entity that is in them, is to pull you away from places that bring you life, to pull you away from relationships that strengthen and sharpen you. But why would somebody want to pull you away from a space that sharpens you? When you're not sharpened, guess what happens? You're dull. You're lukewarm. And then you're more able to be who they need you to be for them. They don't care about your ascension and expansion in God and the amount of power that you carry. But to pull you away so that you can be what they need you to be, like a dog on a chain. But let me remind you that spiritual death happens one compromise at a time. Mm. One compromise at a time that we start entertaining a certain thought. We start entertaining a certain yes. behavior. Yes. I can't think of the, uh, it's one of my favorite actors, but she said it on Instagram this week. She said, you sit and poop long enough, it stops thinking. But she used another word. But if you sit and poop long enough, it stops thinking and everybody around you is looking, trying to figure out why you are okay with being in dead and damaging places. Yes. And so let me say this, we need to consider the spirit a person carries before we bond with them. Yes. And I'm not just talking about uh, romantic relationships because you can bond with people in friendship, you can bond with people in business, you can bond with people in romantic relationships. And I'm not talking about just, you know, a lot of times I say, well, they're a good person. Well, good is relative. I don't care how well they clean the house, how well they cook, how much community service they do, how much they buy you, how much attention they give you, what kind of provider they are, but what spirit does he or she carry? And is that spirit in them in harmony with God? Because if it's not, it's not the Holy Spirit. So you can put two and two together. I ain't got to spell this out for y'all. Has she or he been born again and filled with the Spirit of God. We are too precious to be out here tinkering with and yoking up with people just because they have a good heart. Yes. But do they know Jesus? What is their character like? What is the fruit of their life? Can they cover you in prayer? Will they fast and pray with you? We need to consider our network, so not just who we're dating, not just who we are coming together with in, in a romantic type of way, but even in the churches that we go up in, even in the best friendships that we have, are these people aligned with what God is asking of you? Some of us are giving ourselves over to people dealing with spirits more than one. And instead of us helping them to align, we're stepping down to the level of the spirit. Yes. But I want to say that your alignment with the creator is the alignment that matters most. That is the, that's the alignment that's going to sustain you. And so I want to say, 
the good news today that deliverance is available to all of us. 